Jazz, I know that we focus on so many music festivals and events across Australia. This one I didn't know was coming up, and I, I think it was like R&B and hip-hop and okay. not really what we focus on, um, but can... I can back a bit can, of Yeah, can see why people would want to go, and I'm mm-hmm. sure it was a good time. But the point that I want to bring up is people were putting on TikTok about um, if you got a general admission ticket... Mm you were like behind a fence type of thing, kind of like right. groove, like a groove and VIP, how it's like if you were drinking or whatever, you were behind the fence and you couldn't go any further. Yeah, yeah. That was general admission wow. and you had to pay like an extra 100 bucks or something to get VIP. And that was like, if you went to a normal festival, that would be just up at the stage. Of the, just general area. So, oh. so kind of almost like, you know, those like stadium gigs that you get where you get like, yeah. you have to buy like standing and then you get to yeah. like, kind of like that vibe, but all standing. Yeah. Sort of. And it's for like a festival and it's people were commenting going like, oh yeah, this happens at every festival, blah, blah, But It's like, no, no, it, doesn't. no, it does not. But like, is that a way moving forward of like for festivals going more towards that stadium type of vibe? No, or, no, yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, I hope not. Um, no. And I think they had VIP and then VVIP. Very, very important This people. is just what I've seen on TikTok, so <laughs> not extremely. This is all allegedly. Yeah. Could be right, could be completely wrong. But I don't know how I feel about that. I don't like it. Because people are like, oh, yeah, you, like it's the cheapest option. Um, you still get to see them. But you're literally just seeing them off a screen. Yeah. So I'm not exactly a fan of that. Ooh, I don't like but that like, what if you know? I, I know you like going up the front, but what if people that kind of just like hanging out at the back, or you know, when you sit on the hill on the amphitheater, and it's like, mm. but you get that good view from the amphitheater, so oh, it's not a really, yeah. it's not a really good example. Example, but I'll, I'll stick with it. But can there be aspects of that coming into festivals, or do you just see it as like a complete negative? It's a complete negative to me because, like, yeah, you might be a at the back type of person but what if you want to switch it up and want to go to the front you know let the people choose let them choose where they want to go if you're at a seated venue so fair you got to pick your seats you know you got to like pay more or pay less or do whatever but no i don't like the idea of that one bit and uh, these tiktoks that i saw they acted like they didn't know that that was going to be a thing and they were super pissed off yeah, fair enough. Now, Understandably. I can 100% tell if you ask the event, they'd be like, it was in the fine print, it was in the ticket, blah, mm. blah. Who is going to read that, though? I sure as hell don't. Um, Ugh, sometimes. So, I just, like, if they didn't make that abundantly clear and then people mm. come and... But what I did hear on the day is that they ran out of, uh, like, the F-Force machines weren't working. <gasps> so, apparently, they were giving out free alcohol. Oh, I would go. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they would have lost a lot of money unless it was like all sponsored alcohol but it probably was not no but like you'd be saving like 15 bucks a drink on that as well if they were just giving it now apparently that was in the v vp section or whatever so they're very very important people yeah so that would obviously be us if we were there <laughs> yeah but we yeah are the, the most important people because that's those that fence just reminds me of like grooving being in those like 18 plus pens and I hate those grooving yeah. areas and never want to be in them ever again ever again especially in like rain or whatever 
So I'm hoping this isn't a thing where other festivals will be like, oh, it's a great idea. Like It's you, a horrible idea. Do not do it. You wouldn't say like Splendor or anything do it because, you know, they've got everything set. People. But like I could definitely see... Smaller events. Not, But like in the city events, oh, like yeah. I could definitely see Listen Out bringing that in. I could definitely see Spilt Mill bringing that in. do it. Yeah, I would not be a fan of that. Please don't do we that. We will boycott you. I will boycott you. No, we wouldn't. <laughs> I would. I wouldn't. I'm getting the death stare. I wouldn't. We can't say no to a free ticket. Sometimes I say to Brenton that I'll boycott him when we go to events. We go to events and we both get media and then he makes me do it. And then then I say, well, I'll boycott you and I won't send them anything unless you hang out and do it with me. I did that at Wildlands. He wouldn't come in the pit with me and I said, all right, well, you send them your content. Yeah, but I don't go in the pit in anything. Yeah, but you kept leaving me. I did end up going home that day. It wasn't well. Yeah, but every single time I went to the pit, I would get out and you were not there. You left me. It was a hot day. Die. You left me to die by myself. I hate you. <laughs> nice. So many festivals are cancelling last minute at this point, And it sucks because we always want to see um, festivals do well. Um, especially the small ones. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot before COVID. And COVID obviously did... Um, a bit of a disservice to our industry but the common and I made a TikTok on this and boy did I have an argument I think I had like a 120 comment argument with someone and I'm always fine for a discussion about music or music festivals or whatever but this person was um, I'm going to say they had maybe a bit of a bias opinion Okay. Um, as you can tell well I could be wrong but I don't think so um, oh, I think they work in that industry or yep. have very close friends in that industry. Okay. So I kind of said that lineups, you kind of have to look a lot better at your lineups to try and get maybe those secret gems to get people to want to go. And I mistakenly said Stormzy and Dom Fike because like using them as an example to make me want to go to Laneway. Mm-hmm. And you need to get those type of acts to get people to want to go to buy money, uh, to buy money, to buy tickets, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I obviously know smaller festivals cannot get Stormzy and Dom <laughs> Fike. Yeah. I know this. I just use them as an example. But I'm coming at it from the angle of we need to look harder at our lineups and try and get those maybe bargain buys where people haven't seen or haven't seen for a while and really get bang for your buck Uh because we're not going to as many festivals. We're in a great position where we can because that's, you know, what we're trying to do for work. Uh Other people, that's their special, you know, use annual leave or whatever, hard-earned cash to go to these things and they're not going to them as much anymore. So we have to be, they're, you know, being selective in who they pick. If you're using artists that Uh are saturating the market or saturating the music festival market and that's not a you know a a slight on them they're making a career that you know putting their music out but as a punter like if you use too many of those artists and don't have headliner acts to kind of pull me in Hmm. i don't think you can blame cost of living i don't think it's fair to blame cost of living i think festivals have to go all right what we put out you know, maybe wasn't best for this climate or um, ready for a post-COVID environment. Yeah. I'm not saying cost of living doesn't play a part. I just want festival organisers to take a bit more responsibility. 
I'm gonna smack you in the face in a minute. Alrighty. You're I, you're different though. I get what you were saying, one hundred percent. Like, for example, uh, even just with just going like beyond the valley, um, like those three New Year's festivals that all had the same same headliners, you know. So I get that. Yeah, like. I get what you mean when you're saying like bands are oversaturated. You need the big ones to kind of get you excited, pull you in, blah blah blah. I get that, and that is fine for big festivals, like you were saying. Like, lane, uh, laneway can get Stormzy and Dominic Fike, you know. Mm. But yeah, for little events, it's really not that easy. And I don't know. I could be biased. I think I put on a festival last year with some of that was a killer lineup, and I had that many freaking people say this is one of the best lineups of the year for that genre of music that they like for a small festival. I still ended up in thousands of dollars worth of debt, and for people that told me that my headliner in general should have pulled double the amount of people like tickets that I sold on a normal concert let alone a festival with 10 11 other bands you know so I definitely think like that uh, since COVID it definitely has gotten harder to sell tickets you think of the amount of festivals that have sold up not sorry not sold have cancelled last minute like this that festival um but there's still festivals that I reckon had a pretty damn good lineup Hmm. And I would have gone, but I also look at the price and think, I can't afford that. And even like as us with Breaking Through Safe, we do, we are gen- like lucky enough to get media or reviewing passes. It's still hundreds of dollars we're going to spend at that festival on food, drinks, all that sort of stuff. So it's like, yeah, even there's if there's a sick artist there, like Wildlands was amazing. I didn't pay for my ticket, but I spent so much money. I had to catch the train up and back by myself, which I didn't have to do if I didn't drink, but you know it's there's these things like that where it's like even when we're not paying the hundreds of dollars for that ticket it, you're still wasting a lot of money or you have to take that day off work which is there's 150 dollars 200 depending on how much you make that you've just lost out on and then you're spending that much anyway as well so i i i yes i get what you're saying but it's also cost of living is cooked at the moment i agree i agree yeah. i just don't like how whenever festivals come out, they solely blame cost of living. 100% get that's a factor. 100% understand that. But But it's also not cost of living. It's also our generation and the way we buy... Like, my, my event that I put on last year, we didn't sell many tickets until the week leading up to it. And that around that time is when we had to make the call, do we cancel or go ahead? Yeah. And that's what's really scary because so many of these events would have been in the same boat, but their budget was triple the size of mine. You know yeah. what I mean? Their expenses would have been so much higher than what my expenses were. And if they don't have the people buying the tickets until the day of, the week of, few days prior, they have to make that call a hell of a lot earlier than I had to make that call because they can lose out on millions. So that's why it's hard. And there's so many, like, so many Goldie bands because I work at a venue and, and it's so common to be like, oh, it's fine, they they sell out, but they don't sell out till the day prior. Yeah. Which is scary. It's so scary if you're a, a promoter or, a, or an event organiser because you're looking at this thinking, holy crap, my event is going to fail. I'm going to be in so much debt. But then the day of the event, you could make bank, you know? It's scary. It's so scary. How do we get back to the days of, you know, it being sold out months in advance? You just have to be Zach Bryan (laughs) or Noah Khan. Okay. We're not talking about 
those type of artists because those type of artists before and after COVID always sold out. I'm talking about like when Splendor sold out in two minutes. Mm. Those type of events. What makes them different back then to now? Well, I think I think as well, like back then, it was so common for them to sell out, so people got in quick. Whereas now, people are like, oh, is this event going to cancel? We're not going to buy tickets till closer to it because eh, it might cancel. Splendor cancelling, though? Falls postponed, this, that. Can- like, you never know. That's the thing, you don't know. So it's just like with so many events cancelling, a lot of people are holding out to the last minute to buy the tickets because you don't want to go through the hassle of buying a ticket then have to wait for the refund or you could be like the drop festival and still three years later not have your refund still waiting thanks guys uh but you know what i mean like and then there's that, 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 there's that, that, that waiting yeah. out yeah then causes the festivals to cancel because they haven't sold enough it's like a little cycle so like people getting burned in the past from maybe smaller festivals mm. or those medium-sized festivals has kind of left scars on the punters going, all right, especially in this environment of going, we can't just drop $200 on a festival and then not get that money back. And two, like the ticket prices at the moment are cooked. They are so expensive. And I know that the festivals, like Splendor put up their ticket prices like last year and it's like, you couldn't you already couldn't afford it yeah and then you've just upped it it's like i understand they had to up it because of the cost of living and they had to make the money from last year and blah blah, blah. yeah so many more but expenses it's also like you putting that price up has now just lost you more sales which is so hard i'm gonna disagree a little bit i don't think like if you put it up a hundred dollars for a you splendor as an example splendor will always be for some people that annual leave like we will go yeah. no matter oh no matter yeah. the lineup, whatever, blah blah. An extra hundred dollars on a ticket for those type of people, you're gonna go anyway. Yeah. And I used to be one of those people. Same. Until I'm one of those people. Yeah. And um, last year was the first time I went. Hmm. I don't think I'm gonna buy a ticket just because of the lineup. And you got my bloody media pass. No, I got my media pass. Which you did? You do any media for Splendor? No. No, I did all the pre-media stuff. Who didn't get a media pass? Who did all the media? You did all the media there. Yeah, but I didn't get the media pass. I also did it leading how up did to you, it. How did you get a ticket? Because my boyfriend was playing. Exactly. My boyfriend doesn't exist and wasn't playing. All I'm saying is I did the media there and I didn't get a media pass. Oh, boy. Well, at least... I'm still salty, Splendor. I am still salty. Well, back then we didn't even know how to apply, so now we know how to apply. So, we learnt a lesson. Yeah. It ended up all right. Yeah. You didn't pay for a ticket. Yeah, true. Shout out to my boyfriend. He's the best. <sighs> boy, oh boy. He um, also wasn't my boyfriend at the time. Yeah, but still. Legend. Uh, so, anyway. like, you always think that those internationals are going to be, you know, top notch. Mm-hmm. Last year, I feel they weren't top notch. And, like, w- we've been putting up past lineups for the past year and you go through them and some of them are killer like you've i remember going back and just going our day is packed we literally can't like praise is going to be half an hour because of how good the sets were yeah we didn't have that last year no and people can you know say that it's cost of living or whatever but i enjoyed the byron bay brewery bar tent more than the actual splendor itself so did i 
But that's probably just because it's our genre of music. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's, you know, they usually bring um, a couple acts that, you know, were big 10, 15 years ago. Mm. Mumford and Sons was that, but that's more that commercial um, yeah. angle. And, oh, yeah, I just, I think, I think it's a mix of everything. I think people will fork out the money if they think it's um, worth, it. worth the money. But if you're going to pay them extra and they feel like they're getting less, then they're not going to go. And I don't think you can solely blame the punters on that. No. It's, you've got to go, yeah, we realise that we put costs up. We realise that um, cost of living's hurting at the moment. But, but this is also on us. But also, like, cost of living isn't always about the punters as well. The venue hires go up. The yeah. riders go up. The beers, like, everything goes up. And that's not just, that's not... F- for a punter that's like for an event organizer it's like you you used to be paying you know this much per person per head for like to hire now you're paying this you've got your production you've got your backline you've got your writers for the bands you've got your drinks for the bands like you've got all this stuff which is included which in the cost cost of living living is going up everything is going up inflation crazy that's why i still live at home 100 percent get that there's a lot to it yeah like a lot behind the scenes stuff and I feel like that's where some people don't understand unless you've kind of seen that type of stuff and see how much that costs. But I just think maybe we need to come together a little bit more and go maybe just put the money in a little bit better place instead of just going, oh, these guys used to sell out, let's get them. Or not have a thought and go... Also though, with you saying... Yes, get better, better acts, blah, 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 blah. Also, depending on the event, if you've already got the money, great. But nine times out of ten, a band that you book want a 50% deposit up straight away. Yeah. If you're booking a big headliner band and you don't have that money straight up, you, it's not like you can use the money from the ticket sales to then pay them mm. unless it's contracted that you're paying them after the event, which nine times out of ten, a booking agent won't agree to that Mm. so it's like these huge headliners want a 50% deposit if you're a million dollar act like who's just got that money laying around you know and especially if you haven't sold any tickets prior so it it is hard it's like a cycle it's really hard because you need that money to then book those bands to then get the cool lineup for them people to buy tickets to make more money like you know so how do we how do we break that cycle then what's that one thing that's got to happen where it kind of just goes like because at the moment it's not working. Well, it's in not, the next couple of years that, we are going to lose so many more festivals if this cycle continues. So what's that one thing that goes like you can put in every contract or that you can maybe give back to the punters or like I just yeah, well, it's, it's just really not that simple. Exa- like, I know it's not that yeah, simple. Like God, if I could change every contract I've signed or written and say you're getting paid once I get the money for it. Mm. I'd be able to have the coolest lineup ever. But it doesn't work like that, unfortunately. So, so is it coming from the bands? Is it coming from the managers? Is it, it coming from, from the booking agents? It's like, all a bit of both. But, like, obviously each band, each booking agent, each contract is all different. Like, you're never going to get exactly the same. Mm. But most people sign to booking agents, you know, they want you, they want to figure straight up. Mm. So some of them don't. Some do. It but, just depends. But if there's no festivals, like, say the festivals reduced by 50 75 percent in the next couple of years that affects them yeah that well, affects their income talk to their booking agents i don't know i don't make the rules jazzy 
Aussie TikTok, Aussie music TikTok at the moment has been great. It's been awesome to see everyone bring up um, their covers. But one thing that a lot of people are bringing up, a lot of people are putting up like just little Aussie playlists and it's got your Aussie staples of, you know, Hockey Dad. It's got Old Mervs. Everyone was putting um, Mako Road in there, but oh, they're from they NZ. Oh, they need to come back together. I also agree, but... Oh. They were supposed to come on the pod like two years ago as well, so that sucks. I was meant to see them at Splendour and they fucking broke up, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that was a main factor as well for them. Yeah, um, they were like, Jazz needs to see us. But anyway. they're, they're from NZ, okay? Um, whatever. Spacey yeah. Jane's all in there, you know, all those type of bands. Your standard yeah. indie, rock, Aussie sort of yeah. bands. And on all these lists, there are no women in them. Okay. And all the comments are like attacking these people going, you don't care about Australian um, women in the music industry. This just shows that you're against women, blah, blah. And if you say that to someone like an Australian music platform, like ourselves, Mm -hmm. if you said that to us, like if all our podcasts didn't have any women or non-binary acts or whatever, we'd be like, yep, that's our bad. Fair. But for someone that is just an Aussie music listener that just like doesn't see past all the politics and stuff and music and just wants to listen to music as a woman is it that deep so this is this is a very interesting topic because i feel like there's a lot of levels to it and i feel like i'm not an artist just putting a disclaimer i don't make music however i am a woman in the industry and i also have female friends in the industry um the band i manage is female fronted so I feel like I have an idea and you definitely do see that the women in the industry, it is a lot harder for them to blow up, to get out there. So yeah, I, I understand that like, and we see, we get a lot of comments and I see a lot of comments about women saying how they struggle so much to blow up and to get out in the industry. So I, I do understand why they, I guess they can be fresh. Like it can be frustrating looking at a lineup being like, why is there no woman on it? Blah, blah, blah. And from an aspect of, a woman in the industry set aside from the making music part, it's been hard for me getting into the industry because I, I've, I've literally been told by people, you can't get involved with band members, you can't get involved with men in the industry, obviously on like a romantic level, because you look like you're in this as kind of like a groupie sort of thing. I've also been afraid at my own event that I was going to be looked at that I was a little fangirl trying to find her way into the green room or something when I literally put it on. Mm. So there's definitely a lot of negative connotations being a woman in the industry. And I've also, I know that it sucks that I have to work twice as hard as men sometimes because they look at women and just, they, we're not the same, which sucks. But, but when I say this, I also think if you like a male band or a male artist, that's fine. Like, and what you were saying is people were putting their playlists up and there's no woman in it. Doesn't mean they dislike women. Doesn't mean they don't like women. It means they like those bands and that should be fine. And we spoke about last week, we spoke about cancel culture and like who you, people saying who you should and shouldn't be like allowed to listen to and how that sucks. And it's like me, I'm a woman. My playlist is 90% men and that's not because... I don't like women's music. It's because I like those bands and I like their songs. Half of my favorite people, like bands, artists, are probably women. I like 
Ruby Fields, one of my favorite artists of all time. She probably hits her and all day on my like to have loved them forever people. The boys, I see them on any lineup. I'm like, I need to go. I love them. My favorite song at the moment is by Greta Stanley. Like Maya, I've been obsessing over her recently to ask anyone. I'm like, Maya is my favorite artist. I loved her. Molly Millington. Like there's so many amazing female artists that I freaking love. Like we talked about hops and bops that I'm putting on. Yeah. Like I've got two female fronted bands on that lineup, Local Safari and Daysick. And they've only got their female singer. Is that enough? And that's this is where it comes into it. Is I, this is where I get a bit, as a female, I hate uh, like aggression towards people for n- not having enough females. I want to bring up. I feel like I'm about to go on a tangent because I want to bring up a situation that happened last year. I put on a festival called Dream Sound that had an all-male lineup bar two women drummers. Now, someone made a comment to Brenton, he still won't tell me who it was, that basically said it looks like Breaking Through is associated with this festival. And so Brenton asked me if I could stop posting it on the socials because it looks negative for Breaking Through to be associated with an all-male lineup. And I cried. I cried when Brenton said this to me. I bawled my eyes out. Now, that wasn't, like, me saying I wanted to. I know that that wasn't Brenton being rude. That was just, like, obviously he didn't want the negative, like, this is our company, like, breaking through. It's your baby. You didn't want... I didn't want the industry seeing breaking through in a negative light. Yes. And, anyway, when this was said to me, I cried. I bawled my eyes out because, firstly... This was my first ever event. I'd never I'd never booked an artist, let alone booked a whole lineup. But these people were saying this like lineup's misogynistic, like it's all male, like where's the like inclusion? They have no idea that there was probably seven female acts and bands that I tried to book and that either had exclusivity to other events, were unavailable, or were way out of my price range. Like I could not afford at all. And the lineup that we landed on 50% of the bands are close friends of mine so they were firstly easy to book wanted to be a part of it and were cheaper for me and then the other bands were bands that I loved and just ended up finding their way onto that lineup but I tried to book females I sure as hell tried I couldn't afford them they were unavailable or there were so many changes that happened last minute that got me to the lineup that we ended up on And I was so proud of myself. Also, did they think I'm a female? And I put that lineup together. I didn't do it because I don't like women. I did it because I, that's what happened. And there are so many challenges that go on behind the scenes. And it made me so angry when Brenton told me this. I got so angry that I cried because people just looked at a lineup and judged me and said, you don't want to be part of that. It's an all-male lineup. You do not know what I went through, like, to try and get that lineup. And it was my first ever event. So this situation makes me so angry because people look at stuff like this. They look at playlists. They look at lineups. You have no idea any of the backstory that goes on with this stuff. And that's why I get really, really riled up about the women in the industry thing. Because, yes, I understand that it's harder for women 100%. But I don't think it's fair to judge people for what they want to listen to, for lineups that are created or many other things like that. 
I don't think it's fair because there's so much more to everything. And I think it's so unfair to jump on a bandwagon of people saying, uh, you don't like women when that might not be the case whatsoever. If you don't know 100% the facts, you can't judge someone else. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm getting riled up now. But I also know what it's like to be a woman and to work, have to work twice as hard to make my way into the industry. So I get it. So, like, where's the line drawn of, like, who needs to really focus on that? And it's like, how much do we focus on it? Because, obviously, we're in a area... Gold Coast music scene is a very interesting music scene. We like, have a lot of female bands, though, that are doing well. We we have a lot of... Um, and that are up and coming as yeah, well. Yeah, we have a lot of up and coming, but it's also like... If you look at somewhere like Sydney, there's so many up and coming bands of, mm. you know, male, female, non-binary, whatever, that you can be like, yep, okay, how much you want? They're cheap, they're cheap. Because mm. there's, that market is saturated. Yeah. Up here, it's not. I feel like up here on the Gold Coast, yes, we do have a lot of female bands, but we have double the amount of male bands. So for lineups, I've, I've just put together a second lineup mm. and... I've got two female-fronted bands. Mm. It was really hard for me to find the right type of bands that suited my vibe. I've got my band in there, Daysick, the one that I manage. Mm. And then I've got Local Safari, which is female-fronted as well. And I love Local Safari. But I I was actually looking for bands. I put up a TikTok and I said, give me local goldie, like small goldie bands. I want to hear them. And some, they were all amazing, all the suggestions that I got. But there was either ones that were way out of my price range because this is a local event or I did notice that a lot of the bands that were suggested to me were heavier, like heavier music. Mm. And for my event, I was looking for a specific type of music, which was the more like surf indie kind of, not softer, but a lot easygoing, you yeah. know, that's like yeah. I've got a, a, a folk singer in there. I've got, but I noticed a lot of the female acts were heavier. Mm. And I've noticed that with Goldie Bands, and Brizzy, Brizzy bands especially is a lot of the female acts are heavier mm. or very soft music. And so I feel like for our genre, there is more male bands that suit the genre of music that we listen to than there is female. And then it's harder to, because that you're getting it out of a smaller talent pool, you've got your uh, options go down from when they're available their location, your budget for them. So like it just gets down to like two or three options and you know, people pull out, people can't do it. Mm. My worry for, for this is that profile overtakes the talent. Like, so you're not just picking a band or an act just because of who they are. Mm. Like you're picking them because of their talent, because of their songs, because you know, they're going to put on a great performance, not just because of who they are. Yeah, of course. That's my worry. And I wouldn't want, you know, people thinking that they're just going to get picked just because they're female or just because they're a male or, mm. you know, it's the it's the music you're producing, it's the performance you're going to put on. Let's put that first, but also be wary of what can happen yeah. and, you know, how it can be perceived and how it can look. But sometimes it's fucking hard. Yeah, or, or I genuinely think at the end of the day, whether it be for a lineup, a playlist, literally anything, it should just be about the music. That's literally what it needs, and yeah, that's never going to be the case. But 
God, there's so many more like female bands or artists songs that I would put ahead of males, but there's also male songs that I would put ahead of females because I like those songs better. I like that artist better. Like currently, my one of my favorite songs is called Somebodies by Greta Stanley. I don't know any of her other songs. I haven't listened to anything else by her except for that one song and I love it. So I'd probably put a male band ahead of her, but I would put that song ahead of other people because I like that song. You know what I mean? I feel like it just needs to be about the music. Yeah, and I just like, I don't want people looking at it just from, you know, uh, uh, face value type of thing. Why do we see gender? Well, people... When you look at a lineup, why do we see gender? Yeah. Because I'd say in the past... That's a really bad question to ask as a female. I feel like, anyway, I don't know. But like in the past, like, yeah, it definitely would have been a problem. And the music industry, from all reports, you know, before our time, was toxic as fuck. Mm. And, like, I haven't seen that, but that's because I'm a male. And, you know, those type of things don't happen to me, thankfully. Mm. But... I feel like as well, although I'm a female in the industry, I'm not a female making music. Mm. So I don't have a say in that aspect of things. I have a say of a female in the industry Mm. but when it comes to music I don't know what it's like to try and push my music because I've never made any so I guess I probably don't have as much of a say as women artists in that aspect Mm. like I face different challenges in the industry they compared to what they would face with trying to promote their music and trying to get on lineups I guess my thought also is like how far does it go like is a is a a band a full male band minus the lead singer being female is that enough mm. you know what i mean so i like say my second lineup technically has only two females in it still so my first lineup had two females or two female drummers my next lineup has two females they're two female lead singers it's still the exact same ratio is that an, but because they're lead singers it's better like how does that make sense and not I- to put myself in the shit again because <laughs> i've only got two females but but it's also headliners. How far does it go? It's headliners as well. Like, I don't think you're picking headliners based on gender. And if you are, you're in the wrong industry. Like, they're your draw card. You should not give a shit what gender they are. You should think about if they're going to sell tickets. Yeah. So, like, I hate it when big lineups come out and they go, oh, it's male headliners again. They're going to sell out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, like, when like I... Like, spill, s- milo- uh, spill milk. Spill, spill milk. Spill milk. Having Post Malone. Like... That was a good call. And like, there's, you know, there's heaps of big female acts that I want to come over and see. If the beaches come to Australia, I will buy that ticket in an instant. Well, think how well Taylor Swift's bloody doing. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't go see Taylor Swift. (laughs) That probably proves their point. But that's just because I don't like her like Well, that's like me with Ruby Fields. I froth her to this day. Ruby Fields, Maya, the boys. There is three artists that if they're on any lineup, I'm like, I am there because I love them with my whole freaking heart. Yeah. Especially the boys. They are my favorite girl band. I love them with my whole life. Where do we draw the line though? Does it get to a point where everything has to be 50-50 on every lineup, on every playlist, on everything? But newsflash, the Australian music scene isn't 50-50. No. And do you know what's funny though is I... This was actually a discussion when I was organising my first event. I I knew that not having any females was going to be an issue even though I tried so hard to have them. And I spoke to someone else that runs events and they said jazz. It's not just the acts. It's about who's involved. He goes, 
um, are the staff at the venue women? Is there stalls there? Are they women? Are the volunteers women? Is there merch people that are women? He goes, Jazz, you're a woman. And I just thought, yeah, you're, you're so right. Like, oh, my, my lineup might be all male, but yeah, there's heaps of women involved in this day. I am a woman. But that wasn't enough, was it? I still got all the negative feedback. I still got told, eh, well, you had no women on your lineup, so you suck, basically. So it's just that. It's so, just that. Which sucks. Honest thing that what, it says, yeah. Like, you're literally judging people and events with, with when you have no background about the situation because of genders on a lineup. Is it when is it when lineups are supposed to be put out now? Are you supposed to put, these are the people we tried to get, these are the people that pulled out last minute, and, like, if you try to get, you know, 10 or 12 um, female acts before, like, that makes it better. Just, like, because then that shows all the effort you put in, right? You, that shows that you've tried to be gender diverse, yeah. which is great. You always should be. But, like, this is the final product. This is what we can get. You're only seeing the final product. Yeah. Which is really frustrating. And you obviously can't put on every lineup or every event how much you've tried to make sure that you're... Um, gender diverse as possible that yeah. you've tried to include everyone which is what the Australian music scene is Jazz really important serious matter to finish off the podcast has to be addressed I've been talking it behind, talking about it behind the scenes I thought you were about to say behind my back yeah that as well shit I didn't realise when I made this point that it was going to be such a controversy uh oh but drink prices, people can't agree on what they should be. Free. Obviously not. Now, I at a gig, like we we're talking about venues and how um, cost of living is affecting them and they want people mm. to buy food and drink. And I said a 9 or $10 beer, probably fine. Mm. People said I was wrong and it should be like 7 or $8, but like they just... I never paid $7 for a beer. Oh, I did when I lived in Bathurst. I used to pay for like $5 a schooner. It was insane. Guess I'm moving to Bathurst. Shh, Bathurst. You don't pronounce the... Uh. Bathurst? Yeah. Guess I'm you moving le- to Bathurst. You'll learn that when you move there. <laughs> um, shout out Bathurst Panthers, $5 schooners. Um, but what's the correct price that you feel like your... And this can be for a spirit or, or a beer. What, what's that correct price? And maybe we'll do venue and festival price because the festival ones are like out of control. I had a, um, I got hard solo on tap the other, the other day, $13 for a skewy of hard solo. I think that's ridiculous. I feel like that's standard though. See? That's ridiculous, but standard. So like what, what's like that good price where you're like, all right, I'm, I'm fine with paying this. But it obviously can't be too cheap. Okay, beer. Oh, I'd be very happy if a beer was eight bucks. I'd be like, slay, love that. Mm. Spirit? Ten? Ten would be, I feel like most places are 12. I'm not saying what most places are. No, no, I'm no, saying no. what most places should be. No, no, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like a spirits, depending where you go, can be between 12 to 15. But if I get a spirit and it's 10 bucks, I'm like, oh, cheering. So I feel like $10, $10 is a good price for a spirit. But, you know, it's the most annoying thing is like when they're, when they're putting them for like $14 or $15 or something and you see the vodka they use uh, and it's the cheapest, shittest vodka available. And they available. do like half a shot. Yeah, and their prices that. And it's like, all right, if you're going to put prices up, at least have the mid-range well, where spirit. I, where I work, it's $10 spirits. And I feel like that's reasonable. It's yeah. like, it's $10. And then a beer is like nine fifty, 
$10 depending. So it's very similar across the board. I feel like $8 for a beer is good and mm. like $10 for a spirit. I went to Ailey Beach one time and it was happy hour, mind you, but it was like $5 house wines and $5 tap beers. And poor, that was a good yeah, night. Yeah, it been good. So maybe $5. No, it's a bit cheap, I reckon. But I reckon like, yeah, like $8 for a beer, like house wines, eight bucks. Or what I'd like is like, if you want people to get a meal and say like a beer's 10. Do a deal. Do, a, do like a meal deal. Yeah. Do like a like a beer's five bucks or something if you get if you just get a meal. Yeah. Because then like I'll eat, I'll have something in my stomach, but I'm also getting value for. <gasps> Do you know what I figured out though recently? What? Hold my mic. I need my hands. So I thought about this cost of living. It's gone up, right? Yeah. It's gone up for everyone though. Because think about this. All right. So you're a punter. You've gone to a venue. The prices have gone up. So you're paying whatever for food. Say you're now the venue. You're making the food. The food that you then have ordered has gone up. So your lettuce, your buns, your meat, your all that has gone up in price. So then you have to charge the people more, right? Mm-hmm. Now, we'll go to the next step. You're the you're the supplier or whatever you are. You're, so let's just pretend we're just using lettuce as an example. You're buying the lettuce. The venue's buying the lettuce, right? Those suppliers, they've had to put their prices up because they're buying the lettuce, which has gone up. So now you're the farmer, right? Mm-hmm. You're the farmer. That water that you use to grow that lettuce has gone up. Electricity, water, everything's gone up in price. So it stems from the government. Oh, my God. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Are you fucking joking? (laughs) You took that long to go, it's the government. But no, do you know what I mean? Like it starts, it's the first thing goes up. So the water price to grow that, then the farmers then have to charge more for people to buy it because they're paying more to grow it which then then so that's how it all works but i'm gonna just smash your argument right here Mm. it's like the major supermarkets are buying it at a cheaper rate from the farmers and price gouging the fuck out of us yeah that too hence why they're having uh like a commission into it or i can't think of the right word but i see what you're saying but that affects us so basically we should buy directly from the farmers and make our own food yeah, if you want to do that for everyone, I really can't be bothered driving out there. It's like five minutes for me to go to my local shopping centre. But maybe, what if like... Maybe we'll start a burger bar. No, no thanks. Um, what if like you can bring in your own food, you can bring in like your own little esky or like your little lunchbox to gigs. But then they won't make any money. No, but then I'll like I can bring beers. Well, sorry, buy beers. Yeah, true. So then I can spend money on beers, like I'm still eating... I feel like I'm saving money, but I'm still spending money. Yeah, true. But what, oh, are, what no. do we settle on? $8 for a beer? $8 $10. for a beer, $10 for a spirit. And a dollar more each way for um, music festivals. Keep it the same for a music festival, please. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs>